0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 355 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and TotalsaddleFit.com. Today we have FEI trainer and judge Suzanne Hamilton on to discuss the challenge of the Americas, and Hillary Moore Hebert joins us with some tips.
2: From Florida.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Without Glenn again.
2: I know, he's left <laughs> us for multiple weeks on our own. This is scary.
1: <laughs> I think he's really preparing for his uh, trip up to Kentucky for the um uh, the challenge of the horse what's it called the road to the um, horse the road road to the horse horse.
2: i think today is his first day of recording and i could be wrong on that yeah yeah. uh, because i've been following on on facebook but i know it's always funny i I seem to miss glenn he's in 10 minutes from my house and i miss him so we're still here in florida for another couple weeks so uh, i was bummed about that but i know i'll get to see them when they're up for rolex
1: so what's going on with reese and what's the what's the report from florida
2: Oh, it's starting to get hot here. (laughs) uh, It's in the 90s today, which I know everyone at home is probably like, but um, that's hot. I mean, it's summer hot now. And it really has been a pretty cool winter. And now it's like, and it's hot. So when I woke up this morning, it was hot. I was like... Oh, we better start drinking a lot. Um, but good, really, really good. I have to give Ashley Rand a shout out. Um, she was on the show a few weeks ago um, talking about her schoolmaster, and she got her gold medal this weekend. So that was super fun. Congratulations. That was a really
1: shout thing. out. Yes. yes, shout out. We I like shout outs.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then um, I'm not going to lie, I had a very good show this weekend. Um, Elon Court was a really, really good boy. Um, got an 81% in his freestyle. So that was pretty cool. Congratulations.
3: Hello. That
2: man. was awesome. Yeah. Way to go. Hello. Uh, and he was a really good boy. I had not had the best of rides the couple weeks. Before and we did well. He just had to go back to the horse show a few times. Yeah, uh, we don't do anything. He just had to go back multiple days in a row until he behaved, and um, it seemed like it, it worked. So it was really, it was a beautiful night. And um, uh, my coach down here, Michael Klemka, uh, said something really cool that I wanted to remind everybody because I think we forget. And he just said it was a beautiful night. Uh, I was like, the, I think the, basically closed down the horse show, and. Um, you know, it was really pretty, and my husband was there, and, and everyone was around, and it was super fun, and Michael just looked at me and said, you ride this horse great, he's going great, and just remember, riding is joy. And I went down the center line and nailed it, so I'm like, just well, say that again. <laughs>
1: yeah, so it was really it was Riding really is fun, fun, right?
2: Riding yeah. is supposed to be and fun, fun and joyful. Yeah, so just, I uh, thought that was, I wanted to share that with everybody, because I think that's something, sometimes, in the, right before a competition, you forget that, and you forget, like wait a minute this is awesome like and i just went down the center line had a big smile and 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 uh, hello was fantastic so i broke that was my personal uh best score so pretty cool so it was go. a really fun weekend so not mm-hmm.
1: gonna lie it's
2: good so hopefully we repeat this weekend coming up.
1: We <laughs> yeah you gotta another. keep doing it That's yeah now trouble, know huh? we set the
2: bar high anything so, anything uh, <laughs> else is gonna be a disappointment maybe i don't know i know i know so we have a big one um Ashley shows again, and then Elon Court does his first uh, developing Pre St. George. So that mm. should be super fun. So Very that's, good. I'll have another good report hopefully next week. So
1: <laughs> if you don't, mm. that's okay. One 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 a month maybe is good.
2: Enough. <laughs> no, no, this is the work <laughs> one. Um, and then uh, this week is uh, also, ooh, I, I think it's a four star this week um the cdi actually started we're recording on tuesday um and it's the jog was today which is very odd yeah that it's it's supposedly huge um so it has to be huge if they're jogging today so um i will have a a good report from friday night lights and i'm super excited my sister Lindsay's coming down for the weekend so i can't Mm. wait to see her and and uh, she'll groom for me, and, and it's fun. She coaches me at home, so uh, it'll be fun to have her down for the weekend. So Very that's good. what we have going on here.
1: Very good. Sounds awesome.
2: Yeah. How about you,
1: Phil? What's going on? <laughs> not much. I, mean, it's just, <laughs> I know. It's, it's April. Shower. It's point. not April yet, but it sort of feels like April showers at the moment. and mm-hmm. um, Less snow, but more rain. So, I mean, that's okay. Oh. Just yeah. starting to think about the show season, getting everybody in line. What are we going to do? Actually, this is a point where we sort of I, start, I I tell people everybody you know we sort of figure out what level they want to do this year and we say okay well go go home and read the tests because <laughs> i yes. hate walking into a uh into a lesson and okay we're going to try first level test one today and oh i'm i've never read I it don't i don't test. know what it's yeah. about you know then yeah. it's, a, it's sort of a waste of a lesson to go in and say okay now we're going to read through the tests and do you know where to go and blah 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 i mean that's you don't need me for that so get done yeah. and then i can show up and we can work on some test patterns and stuff just sort of to try them out not really to drill yeah. anything yet but just sort of you know where we're going if you've got a goal for this year you know exactly <laughs> what that goal includes yeah. <laughs> i think yeah, that's important absolutely. and uh and so that's sort of what we've been up to you know so our show season sort of that's starts awesome. i think our first shows will be mid-may so Got it. What are we yeah, when do,
2: we're taking a break, you'll still be showing. Yeah, we'll just be
1: <laughs> starting, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're starting and I'm like, okay, we're mm, done for the relax. year. Yeah.
1: <laughs> totally different. Yeah.
2: We'll, we'll cheer you on for sure. Yeah, maybe
1: maybe yeah. we'll have you up and tune, tune, tune us up a little bit and see what, yeah! what we're doing. that will be great. So that will be fun. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Super fun.
1: That's about it as far as me, as far as Ontario goes.
2: I love it. I love it. Well, this week, as always, we have a great show. We have Suzanne Hamilton, and um, she's going to be our first guest, and she's going to talk about a really cool charity event that happens here every year, the Challenge of America's.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: Spring is here, and so are pastures full of luscious green grass. Spring grass is high in vitamins, minerals, and sugar. Most horses have little problem adjusting to the changing sugar levels found in spring pasture, but for at-risk horses, grazing on sugary grass can lead to big problems such as colic or laminitis. By paying attention to daily temperatures and following a couple of simple rules, you can limit your horse's access to such sugar-laden grasses. In the spring and fall of the year, limit grazing or stop it completely when daytime temperatures are warm and nighttime temperatures are below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Under these conditions, the grass produces sugar during the day and it stores it in its leaves. At night, the plant transfers the stored up sugars to the roots and stems to fuel the growth. If the evening temperatures are cold, the grass will not make that transfer and all of the sugar will remain in the leaves where it is readily available to your horse. In the summer when days are sunny and nights are warm, it is safe to allow grazing in the early morning hours, but it should be restricted late in the afternoon or evening. This is because most of the sugar that was produced the previous day has been used for growth overnight. Therefore, the level of sugar in the leaves is low in the morning. But as the day progresses, the grass once again accumulates sugar in its leaves in preparation for nighttime growth. So later in the day, the more sugar packed leaves become. Because grass is a great source of essential vitamin E, horses that are restricted from grazing, especially easy keepers and horses in hard work, may develop vitamin E deficiencies. Lack of vitamin E can result in sore, stiff muscles and neurological problems. Elevate Maintenance Powder from Kentucky Performance Products is an affordable way to provide your horse with the vitamin E missing from his diet. Each scoop provides 1,000 international units of natural vitamin E, and natural vitamin E is absorbed and retained in the tissues at a much greater rate than the synthetic vitamin E found in many feeds and supplements. Best of all, when you choose a Kentucky Performance product supplement, you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee.
0: This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
2: Well, it is my pleasure this evening to have Suzanne Hamilton, large our judge and FEI rider and trainer from Maine, and she operates out of Crystal Springs Farm. Welcome to the show, Suzanne.
3: Hello. Hello, Reese. Hello, Phil.
2: We are so happy. We have been trying to get you yeah, on the show. we've been
1: trying to rope her in. We were just talking about trying to rope her in for quite some time. Because, <laughs> we finally got her.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys are
3: convincing.
2: Yes. Well, that's that's the joke is that all of our trainer friends will at some point be on the show. So we're so happy to have you. And you did quite a cool event this year. And it happens every year. It's called the Challenge of Americas. And um, can you start us off to just tell us a little bit about the event and what you were a part of it, and or how you were a part of it.
3: Well, I—it's actually my fourth time riding wow. in this event, and I'm playing just a very, very small part in it. It's a—it's a huge uh, process, and it's a it, Mary Ross is the uh, organizer of the entire thing. She started this. I'm not sure how long ago, quite, quite some time ago, um, and um, this is she puts together. Um, several quadrille teams, you know, we've had, uh, myself, I'm on Team International, we have uh, Team USA, we've had Team Canada, we have had Team Latin America, I believe, you know, they, they show jumping, they show, and then, and then uh, on top of it, they have a huge auction, people donate uh, people like Tammy Hogue. It's really, it's really great. So I've been involved in the Challenge of the Americas for the last four years, actually. Um, it's a benefit for breast cancer research. It's um, one of the larger ones in the equestrian sport, I think, I've been told. And it's uh, a great event.
2: It is. It's a fantastic event, and there's lots of different parts that sort of people can um, come to the event. But the kind of the main headline, it's it's an event. Well, it's one of my favorites actually, because you can come and and there's you can sit at the main tent, and they have auctions and. And just it's it's a wonderful dinner dance, or you can even come yes. and sit on the lawn and bring a picnic and your whole group and and give a donation uh, to breast cancer. But you are part of the headliner, right? Which is
3: I, I, am, now. Up- I am now I am <laughs> now I used to be on the sidelines for years and years with the picnic. <laughs> and so, what is you? What do you do for the event? Um, I'm part of uh, Team International for a quadrille team. It's a Grand Prix for Drill Team, and um, we have several teams. You know, we have um, uh, Team USA. It's been together for a long time. Uh, There's occasionally a Team Canada. We have, I think, a Team Latin America. Um, This year, they had a brand-new team coming out, and um, I'm actually not sure right now what their name is, but they (laughs) kicked our butt. They were (laughs) amazing. (laughs) It was really, really fun to watch everybody else, and it's it's all for just such a great cause.
1: So we wanted to have you on the show because um, there's not many people who have been involved in riding, riding a quadrille. We want to sort of uh, ask you what that experience is like, and and you know how much you've you've practiced and how much work uh, that you have to put in towards putting a performance forward. Of, of well, uh, is, is it is it? Did you have eight riders?
3: We had eight riders three years ago. We're usually six riders. And um, I, I've i never ridden a quadrille before I did this either. I remember years and years and years ago, uh, I went to uh, schedule something with Sam Goodrich, who was, the, by the way, the captain of Team USA. And she said something, well, I can't do tomorrow because I have quadrille practice. I want to do quadrille.
0: She said, well, <laughs> you've
3: got the right Grand Prix to do that. I'm like, well, I had better then, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs>
3: because yeah. I always wanted to be part of that ever since I saw it the first time. And because it, it, it's a subject close to my heart, you know, I've lost good friends to breast cancer and I have good friends who've survived it. And, and I, you know, I think it's just such a great cause. So, yeah, we practice, uh, we start usually in later January and we have approximately, Eight, nine practices and all. Uh, it's not very much time. We have what's called the organizer extraordinaire, who is Ruth Hogan Polton for our team international, who does all the choreography, all the music, and she spends, she lives and breathes this for the entire time. We sort of show up, us riders. You know, we we donate our time. We donate. A horse, not always our top horse, but a horse that we participate in. We, we, you know, trailer there after a long day of work. We go and pack a horse up and go to practice wherever we decide it is at that um, day of that week. And, you know, we get together and then we put our heads together and really focus and root uh, sort of it's I think it's a little bit like herding sheep. Getting yes. six grand free riders yeah, in one arena. I mean, I admire this woman. She is just the best and she <laughs> she uh, holds us all together until the bitter end. <laughs> and yeah. um you know, we we usually start with a meeting and then we start with walking it through by on foot and then we proceed to walk it through on horseback and then we start adding and uh, and then we try to tighten it up and normally the way this goes is it's really bad all the way until the very last practice and then the (laughs) night of the performance we somehow always pull it all together and uh, we did sort of the opposite this year um, we did uh, you know we had um, we had a great time and we had a great choreography and really wonderful music but we we had really good practices early on, and then we <laughs> we had some problems during the performance. Nothing major, but a little here, a little there, a little everywhere, and, and you know, we ended up not winning this year. Which uh, yeah,
5: <laughs> that's, uh, that's okay. a little disappointing.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's we all like to win, but um, yeah. So, so what is it like? I mean, t- talk to us about. I mean, that's a very integral choreography. Like, I can't even, like, talk to our listeners about what were some of the movements that you did in this quadrille?
3: It's one of the movements is called do do where you have um, three riders on each side coming down the long side and at a cue, the, we all turn in and one line piafs on the center line and the other line passages at a 10-meter circle around them that's one of our movements wow. uh, one of our signature moves and um one of the movements that are really um fun is uh butt-to-butt pirouette where we we have pass in three three on one side and three on the other side um and we have pass in we meet and we pirouette around each other and uh that's always really interesting. You know, <laughs> Especially the first, the first couple time. Times we do that. So, yeah. Yes. Um, another, another uh, move that we have is called the shark walk, where we, we go down the center line and eventually fall into a walk and start leg this really pretty circle. And, um, I remember when I first did it with my stallion four years ago, we, we did practice and I kept saying, you know, I think I need more space. I, I really think I need more space. And, you know, everybody, you know, sort of, mm, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Space. okay. And uh, suddenly lifted and went left and mounted the horse next to him. Oh. And so after that, I got lots of space. Yes. space. <laughs> <So laughs> Ever after. So it
1: was... A, yeah, it's yeah. a learning moment, it, right? Yes. Yep. A
3: learning moment. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, no.
1: So um, Italian, what, what was your yeah. music for this year? Do you pick... Do you ha- you guys have new music every year and, and do a, uh, sort of a different theme? We
3: have, um, we have such great music. It was Aretha Franklin and... Um, um, it's, it's a lot of R&B. You know, we had the... Um, Gloria Gainer in it. Before um, I can survive, I will survive. Our theme for this year was "I can survive." Um, we yeah. we have these. Um, Ruth comes up with this with a really cool saying or a motto for our ride, and this year it was "I cancer like Cancer Five yeah. and um, we all had uh, two letters written each on our backs in pink helps. And when we lined up at the very last, um, and one of our last movements, we were sort of a puzzle. And we ride around and we have these two letters each on our backs, and everybody wonders what eventually it will say. But then at the very end, we come down um, the, uh, after coming down the short right side of the arena away from the crowd, we all line up and we pee up. And then at that moment, our letters, so I can survive, and it's to Gloria and I will survive. So it's, it's pretty emotional and cool, and yeah, we, yeah. we like it. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and this is an event. I, I will tell everybody. It is it is a wonderful event to come to. It is worth it if you're here uh, or. Even to plan your trip around, it would not it would not disappoint you. So um, we w- we did want to uh, give out the information, Suzanne, on how if people wanted to donate, they will still take donations for breast cancer. Um, how how would someone find that information out, or what is the phone number? Okay,
3: I would I would urge anyone to come to these events or to donate. I think the best person to get in touch with, with is Mary Ross. She's been the mother of the whole challenge of the americas you can find challenge of the americas on facebook or you can call call her or text her at uh, i can't give out the number it's 561-251-7945 she is the mother of the entire event and it's such such a fun fun event i mean whether you come to the you know regular admission and bring a picnic basket and just watch or whether, whether you come, uh, and get a table. If you, if your funds allow, you know, get a table at the, at the event. There's some great food and some great dancing and you have a really good time afterwards. And the auctions are fantastic. The, we have silent auctions and Mm -hmm. we have, we have the real deal. This, this year was great. Um, Sammy Hogue, is from this, I think, for the second time, you know, our famous equestrian writer and writer, um, she um, auctioned off a character of her book. And, oh, how um, cool. It's, yeah, it's really cool. It, it happened to someone I know uh, two years ago, and she said, you know, if uh, people pay enough, if if the auction goes high enough, she will make them handsome and wonderful. And
1: <laughs> <laughs> Depends how much money it is. Depends how much yeah. money it is.
3: I love I, it. I think, I think it auctioned up for like, I think $8,000 is fantastic. Fantastic. And, uh,
0: oh, you know,
3: so very cool. And then she writes her next book around this character and she will interview these people and study oh, them and cool. put them into her next book. So Love it.
2: Well, Suzanne, thank you so much for coming on the show. And if our listeners are from your area in Maine, how do they get in touch with you personally?
3: Oh, I'm easy to find. I'm on Facebook and you can always private message or you can visit my website at uh, crystalspringfarm.net or you can call me at 207-249-8078. And um, I'm always good for... You know, saying hi and socializing <laughs> and getting to know people. <laughs> love it. Well, thanks so, so much, Suzanne, for coming on the show, and we look forward to next time. Okay. Good to, good to talk to you guys. Bye-bye.
0: This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love.
5: And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the Shoulder Relief Girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time, we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available
0: at totalsaddlefit.com visit totalsaddlefit.com
2: well Phil we have something new exciting well, we're gonna starting. try something
1: new this is a listener dependent sort of thing right
2: yes yeah so for our total Saddle fit tip of the week um, you know Phil and I always try to give a tip or have a trainer on to do a tip. And so, what we would like to do, and uh, again, this requires listener participation either through our email or Facebook. Um, we would love to hear some feedback on how the training tip goes. Uh, we we'd love to hear that it works and it's fantastic. And you know, but if it <laughs> but doesn't, more often
1: than not, we probably you know, we I mean we yeah. know that there's sort of issues and questions and and things. So, I mean, if you guys are out there trying the tips out we'd love to hear back about how it went or or um you know if you develop an issue with it that we can talk about or um for sure if you want to send a video in and say you know we can critique it a little bit and try our best it's radio but we can try our best sort of to uh to help our listeners out with the writing as much as as much as we can i think that's sort of a cool idea
2: yeah, and if your tip—if it, it, you know, hopefully we'll get tons of tips, and we'll have lots of weeks uh, to do it. But Phil and I will pick, and then hopefully we'll have the listener who sent the question in on the show, and we can yeah, talk we a little bit about it. Yeah, we can have you on the it. show if
1: you want to actually mm-hmm. discuss it and talk about your horse. I think that's fun.
2: Not a requirement. But we, we, we think it would be really fun to have, have you on the show and talk about it. So that's what we're asking. So uh, through either Facebook or the Dressage Radio Show Facebook page or um, Reese at Horseradionetwork.com or Philip at Horseradionetwork.com, uh, send us your emails uh, or Facebook shoutouts. And we'd love to have you, you know, hear about the tip and we'll have, um, every, hopefully we'll get lots and we'll have everybody on the show. So that is the plan for April. So, which is coming up soon. <laughs> we'll see soon. how it
1: goes. Yeah, we'll see how so, it goes. Otherwise, we'll just yeah. keep bringing on the tips, you know. But uh, it's fun to sort of hear how everybody, you know, the different uh, perceptions or, or how the different horses handle the tips and different riders yeah. handle them. And for sure, I think if, if you're having trouble, you know, there's somebody else out there who's having pretty much the same problem. So, um, absolutely. yeah, we just, just a little bit more uh, listener feedback, listener involvement in our show so we can... Uh, So we can help everybody with the riding a little bit more. I think that's a fun idea. Yeah, we love
2: it. We're super excited about this. So um, please, you know, keep in touch with us and we'd love that. And so actually for our total saddle fit tip of the week, we have um, our favorite monthly guest, Hillary Moore Hebert from Dressage Today is on next. And she's going to just have, she has three really good tips for you this week. I hope you enjoy. Well, tonight for our favorite segment of the month, we have Hilary Moore Hebert, Contributing Editor to Dressage Today on. Hilary, how are you this month?
6: Hi, guys. I'm doing great. How are you?
2: We are awesome. And it sounds like we have the perfect timing because baby James is sleeping.
6: Yes. 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 (laughs) He just woke up and he's looking at me. But he has learned because I've been taking him to some lessons. He's very quiet and behaves, though. He Aww. learns that if he does that, he can hang out with me more.
1: So. <laughs> That's it's a nice quality to instill in a child.
6: <laughs> I know. This <laughs> is yeah, like it. a wallflower. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so, now, Hillary, tell us how is kind of getting back into writing? Because you've been back
6: into writing now, how many months? Week. Um, I have been back into riding. I actually couldn't tell you. So I had him in September. I got back into riding in November. So I'm now actually officially getting ready for show season and um yeah, things are getting real as they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how is it?
2: Was it what's it been like getting back into riding?
6: Um, It's been really good. You know, it's been very interesting because I haven't ever taken off so much time from riding before. And so I really had to sort of start from square one because I wasn't allowed to lift heavy things and everything at the end of my pregnancy. So even though I was doing exercises, a lot of the muscles stretch out. So even though they're still getting strengthened when you don't have the baby, um, you know, that you're carrying around, everything snaps back and it's a little bit like having your muscles are then overstretched, um, so getting the tension feels a little bit harder, and that's my non-scientific version of what I feel like is <laughs> happening. But um, you know, mostly it's just I believe that to be true because um, you know I felt like I um, I I just generally felt kind of noodly, and it was interesting because. Um, I was noticing when I was reading about things that there's a lot of stuff in terms of like your psoas muscle, which is that muscle that if you sit a lot, gets very tight that's inside your pelvis and back, um, that we always talk about loosening up. Well, imagine my surprise when I don't have a tight one, um, like a lot of my students who sit at a de- desk or in a car have, but mine is too loose, and wow. I was feeling like it was hard to for example, to get the transitions a lot. And the other day I was riding a horse and um, <laughs> was finishing up and was just doing like a stretch trot and then a stretch cancer to let them stretch out at the end. And I went up in two points. And, oh, my goodness, doing transitions in a stretch, trot, and canter in two-point is almost impossible. And I felt like the muscles were so getting a workout and they were so weak. But it was interesting. It's the first time I could feel that doing anything would really work them. And I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about because I remember saying to someone, you know, it's been since my childhood that I really felt – sore like this because i haven't taken the time off from riding but i think that now doing that two point quick for a second makes me realize that part of the reason too that i didn't feel that sore is i don't jump anymore so i after having felt that going to get my stirrups and hike them up and i'm going to do some um you know riding sets where i'm just in half seat because I think that it's a really good way for people who are struggling with um, core strength, meaning the supporting muscles to keep you quiet in the saddle. I think that it's actually been the most helpful for me to get those muscles back. Um, and so I think that doing that two point, I mean, if you guys remember ever having to do that where you were up at two point and your legs were on fire and your back was hurting uh-huh. you. Um, and I don't know why I didn't think about that before, but I think I'm going to start to incorporate that into my own cross training, um, you know, just to get myself stronger, even when I'm back into what I would consider fit. Um, but I'm going to keep that in my weekly schedule.
2: Oh, I think that's a great idea. That's really, I
1: I guess we think too much dressage sometimes. And, um, you know, I, I do remember, you know, sort of learning to ride and having to do all the exercises and doing some jumping as well. And, and for sure you're just involving some similar muscles and some different muscles, but really getting a, a better workout, I think, like right. you said. So it's good to, uh, to not just be, you know, thinking dressage all the time and, and think of different ways that you can, you you can ride and achieve better balance and work your muscles and, and get fit. Right.
6: Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, I think, because um, we've, you don't jump for me. I think so much about biomechanics, but you know, I couldn't even really tell you why it is that my lower back is feeling fatigued from it because I don't really think about the half at all anymore. Um, you know, except for when you think of like going to light seed to open the horse up to get more forward in certain situations. But um, you know, now I have to c- kind of go back to my jumping articles and everything and figure out, you know, biomechanically what's happening with you when you do it and also almost start from the beginning because it's been a decade since I've thought about, you know, how to do it properly so you don't hurt yourself and it will be an interesting adventure, I think.
2: No, I'm excited to hear because that's not something that I would do either, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I think it's always good, like you said, for cross-training. And I think cross-training you have to do all the time. So I think that that's fantastic. It's a, it's a really good good tip and something we should all think about doing, not just after we have a little one.
6: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, two-point is just great for working, uh, you know, your balance and, and your legs a little bit more. And I, I know for sure, you know, in my teaching I use it to to help people balance their, their lower body a little bit better so that when they sit in the saddle they you can ride, you can ride better. Right. So it, that makes sense without, you know, without returning to, um, you know, thinking how we, how we started riding and how we got that balance that when you need to get back to it, that's, you, I guess you should start from square one almost, right?
6: Yeah. And I think how you said, you know, returning to how we used to ride, I think that, um, You know, you don't have to go out and be doing advanced bubble eventing or anything, but I think there are a lot of people who are coming into this sport um, that are purists now, whether it's, um, you know, just because they got into it at an older age or just in general because they're more focused, where I don't see as many people coming into the sport who are coming from other sports as they were when we were younger and I don't know if you guys noticed the same thing in yeah. your area, but for us, I definitely noticed that, that when I was younger, everybody jumped and then kind of went into just the dressage. And now I have young riders who have never galloped a horse in their life. So, you know, I think it's still important for them to sort of learn how to do two point and, you know, get that position and also just cross t- train in general.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's good for horses and for people. I mean, I, I yeah. you know can't hurt anything i mean pretty much every athlete uh does some level of cross training so i think that that makes complete sense for sure
4: so hillary
2: we were going to talk about an article from the february issue of dressage today um can you tell us a little bit about that
6: yeah so i went um and uh did an article with david marcus on the warm-up so talk about sort of cross training i think he had a really interesting approach to cross training where you look at things from the longitudinal and lateral perspective as well with the horse. And he talked about how you want to kind of go back to the basics, exactly like what I'm talking with going to the two point. And I think he had two really helpful exercises that actually I have found myself doing lately that I think are very helpful. The first is, no matter what level the horse is, is put the horse on the circle or go large and do canter trot transitions. And I think that because the horse is going from a asymmetrical movement of the canter to the symmetrical movement of the trot in terms of how the footfalls are, um, you end up having to go kind of, you guys know what I mean? Like you're kind of sideways to forward, sideways to forward in your pelvic Mm -hmm. movement but it helps warm the horse up very well in their back because they're also doing the same thing. So it seems like a very straightforward exercise, but I think it's really good to test a lot of the things in terms of their responsiveness to the forward and back gauge and also just get their body moving.
2: Well, and I think this is such an important exercise that we forget. And we have been reminded um, here in Florida because um, as uh, Ashley Rand, my assistant, came on the the show and is leasing a schoolmaster. And one of the things that you see that comes back in the Intermediate 1 and she's doing the U25 Grand Prix is you have a canter trot transition right in front of the judge. Or in the U25, you have a trot to a passage on the center line and let me tell you with that older horse trying to sort of do just the basic trot canter on a circle I and mean, we have spent multiple lessons on that particular topic and it's uh-huh. just a you know it's a great reminder not only is it a good warm up exercise but you know you kind of get past second level and some of us sometimes forget oh yeah there's this trot trot's going to come back later in life or later in your FEI career. Um, so I think it's just a good reminder as well to that this is a super important transition. Don't forget it. And it's great for warming them up and warming up your pelvis and sort of something that that I try to do every day with my own horses.
1: Yeah, I think it's cool because uh, if you think about it, if your horse is a little stiff or if you have a little bit of an older horse like that grandpa horse you're talking about, um, you know, you can really tell when you do that transition, especially in the you know if you do it within the first five minutes, that it's super hard for the horse because they just want to sort of fall apart and fall to walk, right? And uh, it's not clean and it's not balanced, and and so if you pay attention to that, you know, just a, a small thing, you know, you can help the rest of your entire ride with all the more difficult stuff if you pay attention to a small detail like that. That. Uh, canter to trot transition where the hind legs have to be under you have to have the momentum of the horse the horse has to feel fluid and balanced and uh, um, yeah I think it's very important I'm always you know really trying to pay attention to the details and and the details of warming the horse up because that gives you a little bit of insight into how the rest of the ride is going to go if you're just going around and doing a bunch of circles and not really paying attention you know then, then you're not you're not doing a great job in paying attention to your horse and in how he's going to go for the rest of the ride. If you pay attention to those small things and you can build on that throughout a ride, you're just going to have more and more success. I believe so.
6: And I think you guys were mentioning too, you know, doing this right away. I think that harkens back a little bit to people who come from, um, you know, a multidisciplinary background where. A lot of times we have a fear of riding forward in the beginning of the ride. And obviously don't put yourself in danger if your horse is too hot. But sometimes the horse needs to go more forward. And by doing the trot canter, it pushes you to have an expectation of, okay, I'm going to ride canter in the first five minutes. I'm going to ride the horse forward. It encourages the trot also to have more activity because you're coming from the canter versus the walk. Um, And so then the horse can get looser too. So I think, say the exercise in and of itself didn't go perfectly, you're still going to have a better quality horse after that simply because you are loosening them up by riding just more forward as opposed to, you know, very slow and just not getting their muscles going.
1: Right. I mean, I'm a big fan of riding horses on a little bit of a long rein to start them out. Um, There's a few horses that I I wouldn't do that, but (laughs) but most of them, you know, really letting them stretch out and, you know, really getting sharp forward responses from my leg. And so, you know, in the first, uh, many many times that the first transition I asked, you know, from walk to trot with a little bit of the stretchy rein and they go to canter. Well, I don't shut them down. I just ride that canter forward, right? Even though I haven't mm-hmm. ridden trot yet, who cares? Yeah, You know, and then I take that energy and momentum from the canter down into the trot. And so many times it's so much better rather than saying, oh, you made a mistake. I asked for trot, you know. I really like the horses to be forward. And um, for so many thoroughbreds, again, older horses too, that the canter just, mm-hmm. it's more natural, it opens them up, they can cover some ground, and then, oh, I'm, I'm in trot, and look, I, I don't have any, you know, I'm not chasing the horse in trot, and the horse feels good and is, is really forward, and then that sometimes can, can I don't know, it's not speed the warm-up up, but help the horse get looser faster, so um, well, yeah, I'm all and, about that.
2: And I, I have to say, to be honest, I personally have always warmed up better in the canter, <laughs> my yeah, own hips. As a rider like, too. As a yeah, rider. Sure. I so I, I I will very quickly go to canter again on the on the ones that it's appropriate. Uh you know, I'll do a couple of rounds of trot, but once I canter and, and loosen up my hips that way, I usually do a lot better. So that's my own personal
1: Yeah. I mean I I don't necessarily even sit trot before I've sat the canter, you know, just for that same for I don't think reason. I can
2: anymore, guys. I'm getting old. All- <laughs> <laughs> So, Hillary, what's the other tip you have from David Marcus?
3: So,
6: he has another cool exercise that, again, I really like the article because he talks about it in ways that really any level horse can approach this. And he has a neat exercise he does where you go across the diagonal and then from X to the corner letter like K, for example, um, you bring the horse around that you're riding leg yield the second half and essentially the easiest way to picture this is if you were going down the track and then when you got to e or b you suddenly did nose to the wall leg yield for the second half so it's leg yield but it's much more challenging than leg yielding from the quarter line for example to the track because you're really holding the horse accountable to straight As you're asking them to step under, right? So instead of it just being that they're kind of shimmying sideways, they really have to come up and underneath with that hind leg and then start to cross over so that you're getting quality. Um, And I think that this is something that is a great way to test that the horse is listening to the aid. It also gives clarity to someone who's new to the leg yield to understand what is required of it so that if they can't do this, really need to go back and say, okay, are my aids for the leg guilt you see in the test there? And then for an upper-level horse, it starts to check that they have a response to the the controlling aids and the, um, you know, the leg aid in a sideways way before you start getting into anything like shoulder in or haunches in. And I found that um, you know in terms of the upper-level stuff, it's a great way to just warm the horse up so that you know, for example, that when you go into shoulder in, you're not going to have them lose their steam because you know they're off the leg. You know that their shoulder's not going to go flying out. And, um, you know, it's a good way to set yourself up, whether you're doing the FEI work or you're just starting to do the first level work.
2: Yeah. I like it. That that's a great exercise. And again, I so, like
1: So you're so sorry, I'm just Go need ahead. a little clarification. Yep. You're going to leg yield away from the new inside leg. So if you're going from the right rein changing towards the left, you've got your your left leg on and getting the horse more parallel to the uh Yes. Yeah. to the uh, new wall. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Just double checking. Yep. <laughs> yeah,
6: so that if you're on the diagonal, you're kind of swinging the door of the horse, you're swinging the door Open. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah, to the new way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
6: And I think that's a variation of a lot of exercises that then you can get into more, where you kind of can swing the horse one way or the other, whether you're doing it in leg yield or you know shoulder in. You start to have it where um, you know you're you're considering the hind leg, you're considering the front end, and whether or not it's connected or not. You're sort of saying, okay, do I have control of these two pieces, and can I make them adjustable? on the lateral plane of how the horse is working. Can I move the haunches left or right? Can I control the shoulder and bring it in off the track a bit? Can I, you know, make it so the horse is straighter? And do I have the horse between my aids?
1: Yeah, I think you can, anything that you can do, you know, sort of that's uh, adjusting the horse, you know, keeping the, the warm-up as interesting as the rest of the ride without, you know, getting into some very tight exercises – You know, I think it's great just checking that your inside leg works, checking your outside leg works, Uh, you know, the forward driving aids work, you know, everything is just sort of get that horse to think about you and and how responsive and reactive do you want your horse to be and, you know, how can you set them up for the rest of the ride, Um, you know, checking on things to make sure you're going to have success when you get into your first half pass or your first shoulder in or whatever, you know, have you already done a few things to kind of say, you know, hey, are you paying attention? You know, is the hind leg quick? All, 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 ty- all types of good things like that, I'm really a big fan of pushing the horse mm-hmm. around a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: In a gentle way, Phil. In a gentle way.
1: <laughs> 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 of, course. <laughs> of
6: course.
2: No, no, that's a great exercise and a really good, good thing. Uh, so, Hillary, you have one more tip for us. What is it today?
6: Yes. So, and now I feel bad because I can't cite who it is that did this. I was listening to um, like a motivational talk. I can't remember the name of the guy who uh, did it, but it's pretty easy once you guys hear what it is that I said to find it. And he was saying something really cool. Um, He was talking about achieving your goals. And he talked about that a lot of times, and this to me rung through so much for dressage people, we have in our head that we want to do something. And um, whether it's, you know, sitting the trot perfectly, or being able to have a fancy horse so we can take up the levels, or going out and getting our gold medal. And a lot of times, because we all tend to be kind of these type A go getters, um, it's expectations of ourselves that are very high. And you can get to the point where you feel a little bit like they trap you. And I thought this was a cool thing that he said. He said, you know, you get to the point where you're feeling almost like you're claustrophobic in this locked room, that all you want to do, for example, is, you know, do the Grand Prix on a horse and you feel like you're kind of stuck at ground zero and um, you're just in this room and you're pushing and pushing on the door to unlock success and you're giving it all your might until you realize suddenly that the door just opens inward and that instead of pushing so hard and putting all this effort in direction that's not helping you – what you need to do is look within yourself for a second. And he had a really cool exercise that takes two seconds, and I thought was neat, and I think it's very helpful. He said, okay, think about something that is a goal for you um, that in the next three years you would like to achieve. You feel very difficult. And you may have been working on it for several months, but in the meantime, um, you know, you feel as though you're putting a lot of effort in. And so I'm going to just give the example of someone who really wants to make it to FBI competition. And I thought, um, you know, okay, so here's someone who they're going and doing their lessons every day. They're trying to make it to FBI competition and they're just killing themselves. They're spending all their money, all their time, and they just don't know if it's going to be there. And so instead of being fun, they're just overwhelmed. So they're trapped in that room. Well, he said, and this is the key part, just think of three adjectives of how you would feel if you achieved that goal. So in the case of someone who's trying to make it to FBI, I think three adjectives that would be good would be validated, right? Because they're putting all mm-hmm. this time and energy into yeah. something. Yep. Um, you know, that they had uh, so validated that they were successful in what they were doing because they have a measurable goal that was achieved. And perhaps for the third one is that they sit in, you know, that there's pressure perhaps in their riding community for people who are, you know, going out and really doing a lot. So, um, you know, you look at those things and you said, don't have it be that they are focused on doing that long-term goal, find short term ways to achieve those adjectives. So, validated. Maybe instead what you can do is create other ways that you can, you know, find success. And I think for example, um, you know, participating in the L program so that you feel as though you can apply your knowledge to something that maybe doesn't have to do with your horse, uh, but you can, you know, continue being successful and you can end up having, you know, success that's measured and then can be tested. Um, And then also feeling feeling like you're part of a group, maybe there's ways that you can volunteer um, to help and, you know, scribe at at one of the bigger shows or you can go and help coordinate some big event for your area. And it gives you the chance to kind of be participating in something that is, you know, getting you involved in the high performance stuff. Maybe it's while you're also working at your goal of getting to the FEI. So, I thought it was a really helpful thing that I think that we need to think about because you see a lot of people who are most successful, you know, however you define that and most satisfied in our sport. And a lot of them are doing it because they're diversified. And I think it's because they are finding ways to achieve their desired adjectives without kind of putting all their eggs in one basket. And I thought that was really helpful because I think then if you take some of those eggs out, it seems like it's still important, but it's almost then easier to achieve because it's not a make or break situation, right? When it's not the most important thing of your entire life, going into the show ring, you can have more fun. And then when you do find that success, you know, it's, something that's enjoyable and not like, oh my gosh, I just blacked out for the past year because i was so stressed about this. Instead, it's something where you can then, you know, feel happiness from achieving it. And I I just think that that's something that is very helpful so that, you know, people can enjoy the sport instead of kind of sometimes feeling like there's so much that we put into this. And I really liked that.
2: No, I think it's fantastic. And I think, I think that's true. I, you know, I, I think it's always important to work with your trainer and your family or, you know, especially your trainer to work on, on goals because goals sometimes have to, to change or be fluid. And I love the idea of you want to be diversified. You want to have multiple goals for yourself, um, so that you're moving forward. And I think that that's fantastic. And I think that that makes sense. And, I think just in everything in horses, you kind of have to think that way because we're dealing with animals and they get hurt and we get hurt and life comes around and to have different things to achieve your goals, I think, is fantastic. So I, I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that myself uh, to to be diversified. I love
1: that. You're pretty diversified. You got a yeah. show. Yeah,
6: yeah, I think the why, like figuring out the why of the yeah, goals, like what I do, never do you want to get out of before. it, right? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. then you can keep people satisfied even if. You know, the long, if the goal is something then ten years away, they can be happy in the meantime. Or maybe if something happens with a horse; they can still find happiness even if that's mm-hmm. a setback. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think a lot of us choose. I mean, especially us that are you know professionals in the sport, choose really big, lofty goals. And and you know, I think part of it is that you have to dream big. But unfortunately, these big dreams take a long time to achieve. And I think another part of just being a happy person is just you know having you know appreciating the small things working your way up through the levels appreciating all these horses that we get to work with all these people we get to work with and and think that those those are satisfying things as well to be able to achieve and help other people achieve and you know be part of a community and have you know i have lots of great friends and and things like this and if i just hyper focus on some of these things you know riding the grand prix riding the fbi levels then for sure, I'm not going to be a very happy person to be around because, that, you know, there's so many setbacks. It's a roller coaster riding for sure. And and uh, this is a great perspective, Hilary. I thank you for bringing it on the show today. Thank
2: you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, as always, Hilary, how can our listeners find you online?
6: Um, they can check us out at dressagetoday.com as well as on all our social media platforms including Facebook, Twitter, um Pinterest and YouTube.
2: Fantastic. We look forward to next month. Great. Well, we are looking forward to your emails and Facebook shout outs to us, uh, especially about the training tips that you may have questions on and uh, want to get them on the air. We'd love, love, love to have you. So you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show, and don't forget to check out all the other awesome shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk to you next week.